music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we're very excited to welcome Mike and Ian from the Canadian pop band Mariana's Trench talking about their album, Phantoms. We also speak to Juno-nominated recording artist Scott Hellman discussing his EP, Hang Ups. And we finish off the show with Grammy Award-winning rapper and entertainer Missy Elliott chatting about her love for Janet Jackson and the importance of Janet being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Listen anytime, anyplace. Just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com I cannot believe I get to have these guys back on the Kelly Alexander Show. We had them a couple years ago and they are back as I already kick Ian. Uh, Ian, <laughs> Ian and Mike from Mariana's Trench. Hi, boys. Hello. Hello. So happy to have you back on the show. As I was telling um, people, or you guys off the air, uh, uh, when we did the last interview, your trenchers found it and like spread it all across tr- Trencherland. Can we call it? I don't know. the name Kelly Alexander. <laughs> it just has this, the Kelly, it should be like... Massive sitcom. Exactly. The Kelly Alexander Show. <laughs> That's it. So we love having you on the show, and I wanted to start off by by talking about the album. Um, I understand that it's thematic with like the haunting of past loves, but what are the hauntings? Like, what would is it like issues of trust? Like, is that what the some of the songs are based off of? <sighs> I don't think that's any of them. I don't think that's in there. Um, I think it's just like just the ups and downs and the okay. the, the the stuff that lingers, um, whether it's aches from the growing pains of being in a relationship or just the the echoing effects of, of a relationship that's no longer with you that you still miss the presence of or you crave it. And I think it's more that perspective. Yeah, he's kind of thrown in uh, lyrically speaking, like a few of like El- or um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, so I sleep last night. Um, like a little bit of uh, his storytelling kind of thing mixed mm-hmm. in there. So it's a little bit, auto, a lot of it's autobiographical Josh, but mixed in with some fantasies. With fantasy business. Yeah. Do you guys help write the lyrics? Is it just Josh that does all that? It's him, but he'll sometimes, he will ask, like bounce stuff off us, off us kind of thing. So okay. he'll ask our opinions, but he might be have a few different ideas of which way it should go. And then we'll... And I've actually always wanted to ask you guys, because he does all the lyrics, does he come in like with a guitar and play it and then you guys figure your parts or how does that work or does he just sing at you and then you gotta figure figure out your parts yeah usually puts down um very very rough performances of everything um with like the pro tools tracks okay um, using the computers and then we replace it and then add the personal touches and and figure out if we want to do something different but sometimes when you're doing those tracks we've never played the songs before you have like those like the killing kind yeah like and what part comes next (laughs) it's like it doesn't make any sense when nothing else is there it's uh it's quite challenging it's it's actually weird you always wish you could record it again at the end of the album cycle when you're so confident with the songs compared mm-hmm. to when you're in the studio doing it all for the first time it's uh it's it's very different it takes a lot of concentration do you guys set like um time frames about how long the albums are going to take like three months to, like four months we tried to with this one but we missed it that's why okay. the album kind of came out so close to like the tour we had the tour planned okay we thought we had enough time but like one of Josh's biggest strengths is also, I guess, his biggest weakness, if you look at it that way. But he just, it's such a perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. So all of us are, but it's just until he feels the song is finished, there's always little layers going on in there. Like whether it's a mm-hmm. little vocal layer or if it's like, you know, a little extra keyboard part, that kind of thing. But okay. there's just always adding to it. So mm-hmm. we can't, we had a deadline, but we were a little, we pushed it a little too far. Okay. <laughs> 
And does that mean the record label gets mad or it happens? It's not mad. It's just like you got a tour. Like everyone, like we have a tour coming. The album has to be out. We were getting, I was getting a lot of emails on the side that weren't sent out to everybody, at least not to Josh and from the label. I'm like, so how many songs do you have done? And trying to figure out when we can release. We well, you know we don't, you know, we don't have album artwork yet. And you can feel the stress, but they're trying not to they won't put it on top. They won't throw it at Josh. They'll throw it more like they'll ask us. Okay. And then ask us for how the feet feels and like if you can't see kind of a response you're gonna get kind of thing because especially in writing mode his head is very very immersed in it so, yeah yeah and it's very personal for him so mm -hmm. like although when we were about three weeks from the deadline the actual had to be done by then he's like how many weeks do we have to go and he's like oh my god and he started working like work through christmas 12 hours a day and everything and wow um but he had to do it because when you take your time all of a sudden you gotta get catch up somehow yeah it always seems to happen that way now i know you guys just speaking of the fact that you guys have uh, record label support and obviously PR teams and all that kind of stuff. But in this day and age, you still have to be businessmen, right? And like what you're doing. So do you find it challenging to be the artist and sort of be the bosses, especially because you have such a big band? Like well, the interesting thing about this band is uh, each member of the actual band all seem to have different aptitudes. Um, Josh is such a strong creative mind that he takes care of a lot of that stuff. And then the three of us work on other logistics. I sort of do a lot of this yeah, money too. numbers kind of uh, merch stuff. He's a good numbers guy for sure. Ian's very good at rallying the support around us to, to help organize and make sure that's all synchronized. Okay. And Matt does a ton of stuff too. So it's always been the way, even when it was the four of us at the beginning with, with nobody doing anything for us, it just kind of worked out. I think that's actually one of the reasons that it, it has continued to work is we don't have a lot of uh, headbutting because we all look at things slightly different. Yeah. I know uh, when you guys are on downtime, like for example, I interviewed Matt separately like a few months ago, maybe it's like six months ago already when he did his solo stuff. Right, right, right. Do you guys find that you need that break? Like when you guys break from the band that you need to go off and do some other things uh, just to kind of clear your head and do different avenues to come back then maybe more creatively stronger? I definitely don't play very much music when we're not okay. work work because uh, you need a break. I need mm -hmm. a break. It's it's not other musical stuff though usually maybe a little bit um but it's just it's just balancing the skills so you can sort of uh nourish the other half of your life the home stuff the relationships and make sure those mm -hmm. are all healthy and well taken care of yeah last album cycle we were counting back looking at all the tour days we did like 87 shows in the states wow and then quite a few in canada and quite a few in europe but like at, at the end of that one we were all like just sort of but you're also playing this i love playing and i yeah. love playing the songs we play but yeah. i guess after you've performed a song maybe 150 times or so right mm -hmm. just touring not like practicing and not have you know the recording obviously yeah. you're playing it a lot when you're rehearsing you're playing it a lot yeah but, and then sound check et cetera, et cetera. right so yeah. at, at the end when i was probably like <laughs> he's right though oh, yeah I'm, you're like I'm I'm my ears are tired it's yeah my son is always like well, i want to listen to music and i'm like in the car i'm like not right now i was just practicing for three hours you don't understand because you're listening so hard it's not just a casual listen yeah and when he wants to listen to our stuff in the car which he loves <laughs> and i love that he loves it i'm like i can't listen to this because all i'm thinking about is what do i have to sing here and play there and um so my actual favorite part with the music is before we start the the rehearsals pre the first tour yeah it's about a one or two month where the album feels like it might to other people mm -hmm. okay. that's my favorite the one thing i don't mind is like only for a short like just to listen to it a little bit is yeah. like after you've played your like the song so much live you mm -hmm. get used to how it sounds live yeah and yes. then if you go back and hear it like sometimes way later 
You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't mind listening to, I'm not going to like, I like listening to my album. I don't sit around and listen to our own stuff and bask in our own glory or something. But it's fun to listen how it sounds because you're like, oh yeah, you forget about all the little production choices that yeah. get a little bit lost in, when you play live because, you know, it's guitars are louder and everything's a bit yeah. more in your face. But that I don't mind. Okay, that's cool. Not right when we come off tour though. When you guys come right off tour, do you guys like for sure separate, like not talk to each other for two weeks? Just, I'm not meaning to not, but just kind of like, not going doing your we don't thing. intentionally avoid each other yeah. um sometimes you just like sometimes matt lives pretty close to me so sometimes it'll be like three to say hey you want to go grab dinner and and it's no big deal then yeah. there are other times just due to life and everybody has to catch up on their own stuff that you mm -hmm. you might not see each other for a couple weeks okay okay it might be more to do with what's going on with them personally yeah not yeah. like you know they just might have stuff to deal with so you're okay. get back home she's like ah, I'm just we like each other yeah i want to ask you too because I've, I've interviewed a couple of um like dancers that are you know dancers are right on with like the big pop hacks or whatever and they've talked about how when they come off like an eighth or nine months tour that they have like problems reacclimating to real life yeah post you guys tour, tour stress yeah. disorder yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting better at it, okay. but it used to be a big thing because like when you're on the road, there's an itinerary every single day and there's a goal every single day and there's a routine and you get into it and you get good at it. Mm -hmm. And then like you also have this weird through the day, you kind of conserve your energy and you get this thing where you peak at the same time every day. So all those things change and all of a sudden you're getting up in the morning and you have to do all these things from the beginning of the day. And um, I'm better at getting back into regular than I used to be, but it used to be a big deal. I can't okay. take me a week or so. I can't remember what the guy's name was or who who he oh. was crew for, but there was a, and this is a, this will like for sure happen with people. He was on the road so much yeah. that his bed, he couldn't sleep in a normal bed anymore. So he actually had, have you ever been in a tour bus? You know, yeah. Bunks are really small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call them coffins for a reason. Yeah. Um, he actually had to build himself a bunk oh in his room. Goodness. So he built a bunk. A replica of a tour bus. So it was like, you know, like this wide by like this high oh by about God. six. It's the only way he could sleep. And then it had a little curtain on it. He'd climb it and close like, the curtain. It's like Shawshank Redemption institutionalized. Yeah, he was totally institutionalized. Wow, that's crazy. And then he crazy. normal. Yeah, he was good. we tried to put him in a normal bed, he's like, Ugh. it's just, he's a little crazy. There even, sometimes I've, we've had crew members who, when it's a day off and you've got a hotel, they'll still go back to the bus to sleep because they, they can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Do you guys try to tour with the same crew or main like a lot of the same guys or does it really a change? lot of the same guys yeah, yeah. Okay. we have a, a, a few core guys and then as many of a it's like a second circle we try to get as many of those people as possible okay and then there's usually one or two new guys we're okay. so lucky our crew they're fantastic and they're very very our tour manager's great and it all kind of rolls downhill if you got a great guy everyone likes working for him because yeah. he's just a good human being and he's yeah. really funny okay that's so awesome. yeah it's it's a fantastic crew to be around like we a lot of, i guess a lot of artists the band and the crew are very separate they yeah. have separate lives mm -hmm. they're really Whereas with us, we're always hanging like day off or dinners or whatever. We're hanging out with the crew all the time. That's amazing. Now talk to us too about um, life on the road. What is one thing you cannot be without? Obviously cell phone, but I guess that's just life in general because you have to add, answer so many emails. Hair straightener. Okay. <laughs> of that type of stuff, what do I need? <laughs> No. It's funny because I was interviewing, was it Sarah Brightman? So this opera singer or whatever. And she said, she's like, she has a special pillow that like has to go with her. Like huh. that's the way it is. And I don't have enough room okay. for a special pillow. <laughs> it's like, forget it. I'm yeah, good. Half a suitcase is just socks and underwear. Like 
Seriously, 30 pairs of each? That fills up a lot of space. You know me. What is it that I need? I never know how to answer this question. You need all of your supplements. Yeah, I have lots of, like, I see a naturopath to keep me all healthy. Okay, yeah. So I take, like, like a freaking pharmacy of, like, green algae. Good for you. Herbs and all that kind of stuff. Actually, Herbs, Ian. It's herbs. Let's talk a little bit about that, because you guys are no stranger to life on the road, obviously. As you guys have gotten older, obviously, you're not old at all, but, but do you have certain things that you know that you need to do to make sure you stay healthy for these grueling tours? Uh, getting enough sleep is key. And even okay. when you're in the bus and it's a hard, bumpy road, some nights you sleep like crap, but you've got to get it when you can, mm-hmm. especially for the voice. That really makes a difference. Uh, eating better. Mm-hmm. In the first few years, we just eat fast food all the time at the beginning. Yeah. And now it's like a, as much uh, nutritional awareness as possible yeah. has been Training. incorporated into the lots, catering. So okay. Lots of salads and lots of fruits and vegetables. Kind and of do you guys stay on the- a lot of water, if you remember. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Jack Daniels. Okay. <laughs> we haven't lost all the rock, the rock star stuff. The more Jack you have, you have to. But like by week, like, or let's say month two, are you still on the rails? Because I, I interviewed Classified a couple of months ago and he's like, we always start with the best intentions and then they just fall off the rails. Not completely. We usually get better as we go. Like we also, before every show, about two hours before, we do a workout. Everybody, we've got a a case with weights in it, which is a burden for the... So the crew guys, it's like 120 pounds of these, like, um, I can't remember what they call the block ones where you can change the weight of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got exercise bands and an ab wheel and all these things. Okay. So we spend 30 to 45 minutes just getting your blood blood up, but also keeping in shape. It's so, a really yeah. heavy case. And the local crew guys were like, these guys like to get in shape. They can carry this down the stairs and take it themselves. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, I have to ask you too about the the songs on the new album. Do you have a favorite one that you guys like to play? Because they're new, right? So they're all new. new yeah, uh, it's an easier one for me to play, but I really enjoy Glimmer. Okay, uh, it's very it's got a nice groove. Same with Don't Miss Me, and then I, I love the closing track. It's my favorite song on the album. So playing that is like all the goosebumps and all that stuff. Yeah, Glimmer and Don't Miss Me for me are good because it's they're very groove oriented. Okay, and yeah. being the drummer, it helps me to get out of my head and just kind of feel so feel it up. Those okay. are the songs I like the most. Now, obviously, like you're as we talked about, you're trying are like insane for like all of your catalog but are there songs where you're like ah, tired of playing or you're never tired of playing them like are you tired of playing like uh pop 101 or desperate measures or stutter or like do they ever you happy uh, to play them i mean you just have to find a way to make them fresh uh something like cross my heart we played a thousand times i don't yeah. know whatever it is it's a lot um so it's nice to play the new songs and if there are enough of them in the set then you still enjoy the the catalog that people grew up with and the, the fan reactions are always really good on those songs because mm-hmm. it's their familiar their familiar music so that part is always electric and um for me it's i guess i'm maybe lucky or unlucky depending on how you choose to look at it i always try and lay down a perfect performance of each song okay and really it's impossible to be perfect you yeah know? like it's yeah. for well it is it's like you know if we play to like a metrodome right so mm-hmm. to have every beat every single hit yeah a perfect hit in the perfect place with perfect execution is mm-hmm. impossible so i guess always trying to strive for that makes it fun for me like i could play a song over and over and over and over again kind of yeah. thing and that's just i still don't mind that's totally for me that's what i do is it like i'll try to like just play better. Yeah, yeah. Even if we've played it a whole bunch of times, I'm like, I bet you I can do better than yesterday. Like, and, awesome. or sing a little better, or like be more in tune. Just try to get everything perfect because mm-hmm. that's at least the. But then you can make it interesting and challenging and still work on yourself, right? Even mm-hmm. if you're like, I remember watching Flea play bass and he, I was mm-hmm. really listening. I'm like, wow, he's nailing all these parts and he's psychotic on stage. <laughs> like, he is jumping around <laughs> like crazy. So even if you're trying to play perfect, there, there's the whole showmanship side of yep. it, right? So, exactly. Usually, the, if you're trying to be greater and wilder, 
bigger and larger than life, you have a greater tendency to, you know, you're playing is looser. That's, yeah. that's the true art is figuring out where you can really put on the show and not compromise the performance of the music. Yeah, even if you're like a lead, if you're a lead singer and you're running around and yeah. you're gonna start huffing and puffing. Well, exactly. You that, you're gonna maybe sing a little flatter or mm -hmm. like you're, you know, you're gonna not execute as well. So it's mm -hmm. it's impossible to be perfect, <laughs> but it's it's fun to try. But that's why I'm in martial arts and that's why, because people ask me, they're like, why are you still in it? I'm like, well, because I'll never be perfect. And so you, it never gets boring to me because I just like, yeah, because I keep doing the same routines over and over since yeah. I'm six it's years sort, old. It would be the same. Yeah. yeah and that's how it's, it's exactly what you guys said. It's like, you know, you can never nail it. So you just yeah. keep trying to do it. Yeah. Um, couple last questions for you. If you guys had a, a bio movie made about you, who would, who would play you in the band? Who would play you in? We would. I got to give the same answers I gave. But I think for you, was it that? What's that? Sean William Scott? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that should be Ian. <laughs> no, no. Mine would be Mar, <laughs> the guy who plays Mar from Home Alone. Okay. <laughs> If you can, there's certain pictures you're like, hey, he does look like Marv. I don't know who Mike? I get to blame me. Uh, uh, who's good hair? Yeah, that's John William Scott could do you. He's not as in shape as you are, though. He used to be. Or Sean. Sure. I'm just kidding. We'll He's that. in wicked shape. Maybe, maybe Colin Farrell. Ooh, I like that. I do. I think that's He's good. He's a fantastic actor too. There you go. Uh, favorite social media app. Or do you Will guys Ferrell. like? Or, <laughs> or <laughs> our Will Ferrell. Do you guys like being on social media? Do we like being on it? Yeah. Uh, I do. For, I, like I do a, like it. Okay. Um, you know, there's always the negative side of social media. Yeah. It's almost. I've realized too. The more negativity you get, sometimes yeah. that can mean like you know the people are in your face and bullies or trap people love to trash you and mm -hmm. all that stuff. It actually means you're bigger. Yeah. So if we're getting a lot of, you know, negative attention in that yeah. kind of way, it actually means that like we're actually, the more successful we are, mm -hmm. the more you get that. So it's actually, um, we're not getting enough negative like <laughs> attention right now. It's like, well, are we doing something wrong? Or I don't, you know, that side of things, I don't view it as bad anymore. Yeah. I view yeah. it as a, a positive. It's true. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. Mike, I think social media is a cool way to keep in touch with everybody. Um, it's so different than it was even five, 10 years ago. Like yeah. it's changing really quickly, uh, but it's interesting that you can like, especially our, or later Instagram is going crazy. Um, we have a media guy putting out better content for us. So it's it's actually become a real big key part of the whole package. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's neat to see that change. I also just need people to remember though, that's 1%, right? Yeah. Some people see it, uh, glimpses of people's lives and think that's all of it, but that's yeah. just a bit. And it's the dangerous thing is comparing yourself to the best 1% of everybody's mm -hmm. life. That's the one thing I like people need to remember. It's true. And last question for you, uh, apart from family and friends, who is the coolest person in your phone in my phone yeah like who could you call up that we would know oh like chad from nickelback i don't know yeah yeah, yeah? okay that's he's cool. a he's a super, he's a really he's so nice man he's a great guy. nice human being and he yeah. always gives really really good advice oh, cool. he's been around the block you know, yeah many times and yeah he's very very positive influence aren't you guys on the same label or part of the same he label or owns you, owns, there we go he's there we are boss. there you go so so is there anybody else is there any like hollywood star like, can you call up Avril? I don't know. <laughs> I have her number. No. I don't know. Who do I have this? I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to go through it. I, they're, they're under an alias. Oh, right. So that's I, true, I'm eh? I think right now, like, I have a few, but I can, for whatever reason, I can't. Is there any, like, right now. Yosemite Sam or something? Like, what are the coolest, like, nicknames you have? Do you have, like, is, like, Bob <laughs> for their nickname? Bob. I can't remember right now. Who's going to call it? There you go. They're under aliases. Because basically all the people we've toured with. That's right. That's true. Oh, and I did want to ask you, too, just for the fans, what message would you like to give up to them? Because like we're very fortunate, a lot of your fans follow our show too. So, 
thank you for continuing to support us legit like thank you for coming to shows and being nice and kind people to us yeah, you're the nicest it's funny everybody who <laughs> becomes part of our personal lives and sees the social media uh reactions that you guys provide they're like wow you guys have the best fans they're so nice and they wait up at the bus and they're like so patient and so grateful it's like we're really lucky yeah, awesome very very fortunate guys i just love having you on the show so thanks for doing this every time you come by you do it for me so thank you that's it that's it thank you so much thank you uh mike and ian from mariana's trench hanging out on the kelly alexander show the kelly alexander show follow us on instagram kelly alexander show we are super excited to welcome back to the kelly alexander show one mr scott hellman hello hi. sir hi how are you i'm great i uh i had you on the show i want to say like two years ago different hair less tattoos that's true. So now you've been doing tattoos. So I have to start there. Where where have we gone with the tattoo? You're not doing like a Bieber thing where it's all over, right? Are you heading no, that direction? I, I'm kind of leaving like my torso alone. Please do. I that. have some leg stuff. Okay. And I'm, I don't, I just, I can't do it to my grandfather. I can't okay. get neck or like he would just, it would be game over. It would be over. So, <laughs> so I heard you have some like uh, overseas tattoos. That yeah. Okay. Acquired. So here's what you should not do if you get tattoos. <laughs> So I pulled up into London, England, and I was like, I'm going to get a tattoo today. So I Googled. So I really like stick and poke tattoos, which is like manual tattoos because yeah. I find they look really cool. Okay. So I just Instagram searched hashtag London stick and poke. Okay. And I found this uh, stick and poke collective. Okay. And I was like, that's awesome. And they were like really weird and punky. And I was like, that's so my vibe. So I'm like, I messaged this girl, DM her. She's like, come to this address. And I'm like, okay. And I, I go, like, it's so far out in East London. Because I kind of grew up going to London. So I know London like decently well. Yeah. I was like, I have no idea where I am. <laughs> Don't know if this is a safe neighborhood at all. Um, and then there was like, the, it was like, it was okay. It wasn't that sketchy. But mm-hmm. then... I go to the address and it's like this gate and the gate opens. And then I walk into this like boarded up courtyard with like spray paint. Oh my and God. I was like, Oh yeah, I was about to turn around. And then this girl comes out and she's like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, and she's like, come on. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cause what am I going to do at that point? Be like, do you scare me? Goodbye. No. So I walked in and, um, yeah, these guys, like, they, they had this little room, and they, like, lived in the rafters on mattresses, and they were all, like, punks with, like, face tattoos and, like, crazy hair. And I was like, okay, just make sure that there's there's a clean needle, because that's the most important thing. Yeah. If, if you see them unwrap it from a clean thing and they have gloves on, it, you're, you're good to go. Okay. Uh, so I was just making sure that was the deal. And then it was. And then we sat for, like, three hours, and they all ended up being the nicest people I've ever met. Super interesting. Really lovely. And I was like, what's it like, like, having crazy face tattoos and, like, being kind mm-hmm. of sort of... Um, I don't want to say scary looking, but I'd say Left maybe to some, to some people scary looking. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, it's crazy because we're not like we're just lovely, normal yeah. people from England. And I was like, cool. Did you let your girlfriend or someone know that you were going to Sketchtown? No, so that in case I told you were them after pillaged? and they were like, don't do that again. <laughs> but th- they were so nice. And I, I like it really was one of those things of like, wow, people really are not what they seem. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should be safe. But yeah. Um, they were so lovely and I was like, Well, cool. Okay. Well as long I just want to make sure nothing happens to you. No, nothing happens. Because no, we would be very good. upset if you didn't come yeah, back. Yeah, that to was Canada, a bad call. So. That was a bad I'm just saying, do not do that. It was <laughs> it was definitely it went well for me, but it it's not a good call. 
uh, Scott, talk to us about <laughs> hangups because first of all, the song is just amazing. I really do have no problem listening to it a jillion you. time over. Do you, did you do remixes of it, by the way? Do you do that? I don't know. Someone seen... sent me one though. And okay. I, uh, I can't remember who I have to go back in my emails, but I, there was a really great one. Oh yeah. Someone did like a Spanish version. Oh, that's cool. That I think might be coming out. I'm not sure what the deal is with that, but it was, I was just. It had that like Spanish nice. pop to it, which was cool. I think you should have like Dave O'Day or something do yeah. a nice remix of Hang Ups. But anyways, talk to us about the song. So it came together easily. Um, it well, it it it's sort of it was quick, but it was really it was really hard. Like I was really we got really like math on it. I was like, I want to make sure that this song is perfect. Okay. So uh, I was. It was just a lot of like. Did you write it here in Canada, or were you in the states when you were? Um, I wrote it in. I think I wrote, yeah, I wrote it in Nashville. Oh, cool. Do you yeah. like going to Nashville? Because Nashville's like the jam now, right? I really do, yeah. It's just nice and quaint and it's quiet and okay. there's space for you to think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I know great writers down there and there. Do you think you'll ever fun. move permanently to like a Nashville and LA and New York? Or like, because Toronto's sure. a place to be, right? Like there's no, I, I actually just, saw that that it's one of the best places to write anyway. I love Toronto. Okay. And I like going away to write because mm-hmm. it, it makes it more of like a moment. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. where I'm and I'm a moment person. Like I need things to be like, this is my moment to write this song. <laughs> it, it, it's, if, I, if, I, if I write a lot, I like writing in Toronto, but it doesn't, when you, you know, get on a plane and you get to LA and then you, you meet someone and you're like, okay, it, it just feels more like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I've always had a propensity to want my life to be a movie. Okay. Who would play you in a movie? I don't know. Justin Timberlake? Some miscellaneous 12-year-old. <laughs> miscellaneous 12 <laughs> Named Bob? Yeah. <laughs> there we totally. go. Totally. Uh, I don't know. Who okay. do you think would play me? I'm trying to think who I could pick. See, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like a younger Justin Timberlake could play you. That's nice to say. Yeah. My brain's going like Michael Sarah, but... Oh, true. Although, he's a bit but more quirky, I no, feel. No, that's like the dark sort of, like, self-deprecating <laughs> part of my brain. And then the other part of my brain's like Timothy Chamelet. There we are. Young Leah, it's ridiculous. Uh, you were recently nominated for a Juno Award. How yeah, awesome was that? That was cool because I, I mean I've been nominated for that was my fifth time, but this mm-hmm. time felt special because um, I don't think I was born with the inherent ability to make great music videos. Okay, um, I really had to like learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So I feel like, I mean, to get nominated for a video of the year, it's like, oh, okay, I, I know really how cool. to make music videos now, which is cool because I, I put a lot of work into that. So talk to us about being part of the Canadian music scene, because there's so many great young artists like yourself, Tyler Shaw, Rhea May, who I know you've toured with before. Uh, like the list goes on. Like, how do you guys, are you guys like a family, like an extended family in a way? Like good buds? Um, it's, 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 well, you know, you go on tour and you don't see anyone and mm-hmm. all you hear is like, you know, you Instagram each other and stuff, but when you get to go to something like the Junos or the MMVAs and you see everyone together, you're like, oh, it's so good to be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so glad I'm in that category of like Bulow and Jesse Reyes and yeah. Sean Mendes, like in this, Alessia Cara. It just really is so cool to, to know that Canadian music is consistently, spe- it's always special mm-hmm. and it's always exceptional. Mm-hmm. Now, Alessia Cara recently got to hang out with you in a, one of your hotel sessions. So explain what that is. I recently got to <laughs> hang out with Alessia Cara. Okay. That's how right. the sentence okay. goes. <laughs> how did, so have you known her for a while? Um, yeah, actually. The, so the reason why I know her quite well is because we did a festival together and both of our moms were there and they hit it off really well because. Amazing. I don't know. I mean, 
it must be strange to be a mom and like your kid is like playing shows to 2000 people every night or yeah. whatever. So they were like, what's your vibe on it? And they kind of, I think they connected because of that. Okay. Uh, which was so cool. I'm was so glad my mom like found someone to talk to that wasn't like your son. They were like, yeah, my daughter's the same, you know? So that was cool. Um, and then we just became friends and, okay. you know, I, we, I just texted her every time she put something out like, oh, it's so good. So, um, yeah. I and then know. she became part of Hotel Sessions? And then Sessions? I just messaged her. I was like, hey, would you do this? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. And then we did it. <laughs> do you have like somebody on your wish list for like down the line? Like who you'd yes. like to work with? Um, I would love to work with Brian Adams would be dope. Mm -hmm. Buble. Nice. Me up. Let's do it. Also, Bulow. I'm a big fan of Bulow. Mm -hmm. And Carly Rae Jefferson. And like she's like doing things this year. I think I think Carly Rae's on CRJ as I call her. I think she's on her way back. I feel, that I feel album things are happening. Emotion is my one of my favorite pop albums ever. Is there a song in the last like year that you wish you had written? The whole 1975 album. Okay. Have you met the guys? I would crumble into. <laughs> I would turn into. I don't know. I would die if I met. Well, that. we're putting that out there. I love you, Matt Healy. Please come <laughs> to my house and say hi. Last question for you: What's happening for you for the rest of the year? Like, do you have plan? I know the tour finishes in a couple of weeks, and then like resting time. Like, what's yeah, happening? I'm going to take some time off. I got to go to England, um, meet, see my family, and then no more sketchy tattoos, though. No, no, no. I'll be fine. <laughs> no, well, it's so funny because I'm like, I'll go back there because I know they're now not you know sketchy. But it's true. No, I will not be googling. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then I'll be in LA. I'm okay. um, finishing up some music, mm -hmm. so stay tuned because awesome. there's more coming. We can't wait for you to come back with new stuff. And again, congratulations on the hangout. It's literally amazing. Good job. Uh, Scott Hellman hanging out on The Kelly Alexander Show. The Kelly Alexander Show. Like us on Facebook. Kelly Alexander Show. We are beyond thrilled and honored to welcome Grammy Award-winning rapper, songwriter, and producer Missy Elliott to The Kelly Alexander Show, talking about her good friend Janet Jackson's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Missy and Janet have been friends for many years, have collaborated on several tracks together, and have nothing but love for one another. And we are so grateful to have Missy celebrate Janet's induction with us here on the show. Missy, thank you so much for hanging out on The Kelly Alexander Show. Ah, thanks for having me. I'm humbly grateful and most definitely I, I had to be here for this one. Awesome. So I got to start off by asking you, how did Janet and her music come into your life? When did you actually become a fan? Oh, man. Um, she had a song called Young Love, actually. Um, a lot of fans kind of didn't even remember that song. And then I was a fan then because, you know, just being a Jackson, period. <laughs> so it's, it's just being a Jackson you're just like a fan of the Jacksons. And when she did Control, I was like, I, I remember um, putting the video to Control on my VCR tape, which people probably don't even remember that. VCR <laughs> tape, over and over, I, I taped the video and I would just watch it over and over and try to learn the dance stuff. So, that's what I became a, a true Janet Jackson fan. What do you think it is about Janet that resonates not only with you as uh, an artist, but also as a performer? Oh, man, there's so many things about it. One thing that I saw uh, with, with Janet is what she put into her shows. That's a major thing. Like, she did, when Janet performs, she always has given 110%. 
she gets up there and and her uh, production was always on a hundred. And then the dancing, she never missed a beat. And just her with classic records. I mean, she was Janet has been the whole package. Um, you know, a lot of times you may say, hey, you know, this person they sing very well, but they stage presence not so much or the whole package the whole time. That's fantastic. Now, I know the fans are going to freak out when I ask you this question. When was it that you and Janet actually first met in person, and what was that experience like? Me and Janet, Janet and I, we met in um, in L.A. And it's so funny because the, and I started to hit Janet last night, like, do you remember where exactly where it was that we <laughs> I can't even remember exactly the place, but it was in L.A. And um, it was, I remember it being funny because Gil was there, um, who um, has done a lot of her choreography, and um, Seanette who was another person that used to be with Janet a lot. So both of them were there. And I just remember Janet, they, she would ask a question, but she would ask them the question and then they would ask me. And I was like, hey, like, can she talk? (laughs) And they would just laugh at me, like, just, you know, because I was always clowning. I'm like, why everybody whispering? But I, I realized that like Janet really talks with this light voice. It's not even for play play because I thought maybe, okay, maybe she just does that. But no, she really talks like that. But it's funny because she, when she wanted to ask something at first, she uh, would say it to them and then they would say, Janet said, and I was like, well, this is different. But it's Janet Jackson, so what? And from there, you know, she just would laugh and and she always thought I had like a a country accent. And I believe we exchanged numbers and we've been friends ever since. Oh, that's awesome. Joining us on the Kelly Alexander Show, legendary rapper and entertainer Missy Elliott. Make sure you follow her on her social media at Missy Elliott. Uh, Missy, Janet has often said how much she loves you as an artist and as a friend. What did it feel like when you realized that Janet is actually one of your biggest fans? And how did it feel uh, also for her to present you uh, with that wonderful speech at Essence's uh, Black Women in Music event last year? Oh, I mean, to hear that Janet is a fan of mine, that still sounds weird. (laughs) And because... That's Janet Jackson, and and um, you know Janet is someone. Her and Michael both. I used to write them when I was little, and and I would uh, uh, ask my mother to bring home twenty five cent stamps every day to write them both to their fan club. So to even think that you know Janet have ever listened to my records, even to this day. Like, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things in my career, but I still can go out with Janet. And sometimes I'd be saying in my mind, like, that's Janet Jackson. <laughs> and, you know, it, she's still the Janet Jackson to me, the legendary Janet Jackson. So I am humbly grateful to know that Janet is a fan of anything that I I, I have done. Um, 
And when, you know, we, uh, she honored me at the, uh, uh, it was a tribute for me. I, can't, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, <laughs> but she, to see her there, um, it was, wow. I just remember crying, like really breaking down, crying, um, because it, I, I believe it was Essence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to to see Janet there, um, I did not expect Janet to be there. I actually thought Janet was over. And when she walked out, how many people, first of all, can say, you know, Janet is just at your tribute. Janet Jackson. Um, and no matter how, you know, close of friends we are, I, like I said, she's still Janet Jackson to me. I I, I have uh, for so many years and just have admired her. Um, and aside from uh, her just being talented, because I know this is not in questions, but besides her being talented, her heart is humongous. Her heart is just as big as any of the things that I could tell you great about her musically. So, for her to be there, I I most definitely was humble. It took me back to the childhood of me writing and, you know, saying, please come pick me up from school. <laughs> and it's like all of those things ran through my mind. And, and I will never, ever, ever forget it. I cherish our friendship, everything about us. Now, you've got to collaborate with Janet on several tracks, which is amazing because not a lot of people get to collaborate with her even once, but you've done it several times. And I want to take you back to that first collab, uh, Son of a Gun. How did that opportunity come about? And were you able to have fun with it or did you sort of have pressure on yourself because this was your first joint with Janet? The way that Son of a Gun came about was uh, through Jimmy Jam. Jimmy Jam reached out to me and said, hey, you know, Janet, and actually I did a, a record with Janet, had did a record with her before, but we were in the same room with her, like, you know, we had met face-to-face, we talked on the phone. Um, but he, when he called me and said, you know, hey, Janet got this amazing record, and, you know, she wants you to, to uh, be on it, and, you know, she wants you to just go for it. And I'm just like, it was most definitely pressure because no matter what, I don't care how many records uh, I do with Janet, it's going to always be that pressure. Cause it, and when I say this, I truly mean it. It's Janet Jackson to me. And so um, this is somebody that I, I most definitely have been inspired by. And I remember me being like, geez, like, just go for it. Do I curse? Can I curse? I don't know if I really want to curse on a Janet Jackson joy. I don't want to get too wrong because they might send it back and be like, it's too much. But he, he reassured me, like, it's cool. Like, just do you. And so um, I think the most <laughs> funniest thing about uh, this record is after I'd done it, I sent it, and he was like, yo, you love it. And, you know, Janet, she loves it. And then he said, look, uh, I need you to do one more thing. I want you to do some ad libs. And we did the ad libs over the phone. Wow. <laughs> it was like a studio session. It was just over the phone. So 
that's always been uh, amazing to me. That's awesome. That's so cool. Now, we got the news, you know, just a couple months ago that Janet is being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you remember where, where you were when you got the news? And what was your initial reaction and feelings that, you know, she's finally getting in there? Um, I actually saw it on Twitter. And my immediate thing was pick up the phone and I hit Jay with Janet and um, told her congratulations. I, my reaction, I mean, you know, the first reaction is, wait. Janet has never been in the Hall of Fame. That was the, the first reaction. And then, you know, instead of harping on that she most definitely should have been in there a long time ago, I said, it, you know, it don't matter what time it is as long as it happens. And she's so deserving of it. She has worked hard for like three decades and given us timeless classic records that uh, will continue to transcend through many gener- generations. So most definitely deserving. I don't think anybody could say she's not deserving of it. When it comes to the African-American music community, can you get, give us your thoughts on, on what Janet and her accomplishments mean to the uh, community at large? Janet's accomplishment to the African-American community is that you know, we can succeed past one one dimension because Janet is global. And I know for me, um, as a little girl, I didn't think that, you know, you could be that big, you could touch that many people. I, I, I most definitely was inspired to think, you know, given a, a, a couple of states, but she has became a global superstar um, and to, to be able to to have that leverage and then use it to good she has most definitely helped so many people um, I think it, it, just, it shows us that for the African American community it most definitely for black people it shows us that we most definitely can you know uh, succeed and do, go through any obstacles because Janet has been through um uh, many trials and tribulations and have not given up. And that's uh, amazing in itself because, you know, a lot of times you go through stuff and you may feel like quitting and Janet never quit and she is stronger than before. So she's most definitely an inspiration to us in the black community. Uh, and just, I wanted to ask you this, Missy, over the years, you've made no secret, you know, how much of a fan you are of Janet. So I have to ask you, do you actually have a favorite all-time uh, favorite Janet song? And if you could have your pick of one of her classic songs to feature on, what would it have been? Uh, well, both answers would be control. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, uh, both would be control. No, I would say, oh, I mean, it's really hard to say when it comes to Janet records, because you're talking about, like I said, almost three decades of music. I, the reason why I say control, because that's just like, I, you know, had that on my tape forever, like my PR tape from the front to back. But then I always think about, and, I, and, and all of Janet records have always moved me. I, but I always look at, the beginning stages of an artist because it's always um, the more vulnerable and, and I and I 
think about pleasure principle because honestly, that's another one of the ones that you could play that right there behind anything that's on fire on the charts right now. And I'm like jamming to that joint like it just came out. And I, I think because that was the first time that I realized that Janet is a force to be reckoned with because she basically did that whole video by herself and she didn't have, you know, no dancers or anything. And she had the world captivated, like, wow. <laughs> you know, she didn't have no bells and whistles going on. She just had one chair. And that chair, everybody went in some part of their house trying to find a chair like that to do that same move. And that record, I always felt like, and that is, you know, if I could ever redo a record, it probably would be Pleasure Principle. That would be sick. That's awesome. And uh, I, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you this, Missy, as you know, because this is one of the reasons why I love you so much, because you're such an amazing entertainer in your own right. But it, you're also like we know you love Janet, which is just great. And I just want you to tell Janet's fans, what do you want them to know the most about Janet, the person? It's first of all, she loved that thing. Like, she loved just, <laughs> she just loved the night. That's one thing I do want them to know but I also want them to know that you know her like I said earlier her heart is humongous and she's so humble somebody that um, would have the resume as she would say um, as Janet Jackson you know everybody can have that in she never makes you feel less than like. Before I let you go, Missy, I just want to say on behalf of your fans and Janet fans, you know, thank you so much for doing this interview. It really means, you know, the world to us to have heard from you. We truly appreciate, you know, your time and how much you love and support Janet. And also on behalf of all of your fans around the world, congratulations on your own induction into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. I know that's coming up. We're so thankful for everything you've done. You've made so many of us laugh and dance and just have a great time for so many years. And we just, we love you. Congratulations on all of that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm humbly grateful. Thank you. That is a legendary uh, rapper and entertainer, Missy Elliott. Make sure you follow her on social media at Missy Elliott. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you very much for spending time with us on the show this week. And a shout out to our guests, Mariana's Trench, Scott Hellman, and Missy Elliott. My thanks to Andrew Sabino for producing the show. And don't forget that you can listen to us on many different platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We'd love for you to grab all of our social media handles, and you can do that by hitting up our website kellyalexandershow.com have a great week you and i'll chat soon the kelly alexander show